Welcome to the beautiful game Euro 2016 podcast and it's final time between Portugal and France at the Stade de France in Paris. My name is Matthew Marshall and I'm joined by Christian Nouri from Get French Football News. Christian, let's wrap up the 2-0 victory against Germany. There was a penalty on the stroke of half-time that was a big turning point. Jerome Boateng off injured on the hour mark. Another one. Yogi Lava said after the game that he thought that Germany were the better team. Deschamps said Germany were and are still the best side. What do you think of those comments and how did you see the game? I mean, I have to agree with much of that. And Matt, I thought that uh, Germany were the better team, but France ended up winning the match. And sometimes, you know, as, as we know, possession is not everything. Um, it was a weird it was a weird one in terms of the, the sort of game management because the first seven minutes or so were really bright from France. There was that fantastic flowing move which you know involved Griezmann about three or four times where he has this shot just outside the area with the right foot and Neuer gets down low to save. Um, and then pretty much it was one-way traffic in that first half. But I think, you know, going on the counter, what's so great about this front side is they really are apt at doing both. They're apt at being able to control the ball, control possession, and create multiple chances from there. But also being on the counter really suits them, especially with the sort of 4-2-3-1 that they were using on Thursday, because you've got Payet, you've got Sissoko, uh, you know, and you've also got Matuidi and Pogba who can build. I mean, Matuidi can dribble and Pogba can really uh, also dribble, but also showcase some long, long sort of passes. So um, I know it was Patrice Evra who in the end provoked that penalty uh, with the ball in, but um, it wasn't deserved by France. It wasn't pretty, but defensively they really pulled their fingers out. As Samuel Umtiti had the game of his life. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things. This is a guy who was on his second international appearance, uh, and sometimes you play. You know, you're going to play a blinder uh, when you most need to. And I think uh, things went right for France. The referee did France some favors, no doubt. I think the penalty, uh, well, is either a great spot or it's a little bit harsh. It wasn't as clear as the Jerome Boateng penalty that was conceded against Italy. But uh, you know, all of a sudden Germany have to react and. You had to say if France did get a goal with with the defensive capabilities of Umtiti, um, the off the ball work defensively from Matuidi and Sissoko was fantastic throughout the match, and then of course also Kosciani who had had the shakes a little bit in the first uh, opening minutes of the second half, but then really calmed down in that sort of unfamiliar right sided centre back position. The 12th man at Marseille was incredible. The atmosphere, something I'd never really seen. Uh, before absolutely incredible uh, sort of a feeling and a vibe and I did warn it you know that as a sort of pre-match the, the stadium in Marseille is absolutely beautiful and uh, they really really care about uh, about this national team I think it was funny a security guard said actually uh, in Paris they want France to win right but in, in Marseille they need France to win and I think that's a really good way to sum up uh, that atmosphere in, in Marseille. So a lot of things came together for France and it was one of the uh, greatest, well, arguably the greatest moment for France in 10 years in, in, in national team history. Yeah, and they continued their ridiculous run in, in major tournaments at home, Christian. That's 18 games straight now, unbeaten. But yeah. the record books won't say how they got it done. It's just going to say 2-0, Christian. Now, what about the formation? Deschamps stuck with a 4-2-3-1 and the same side, no doubt to to give Griezmann that freedom uh, behind Giroud, and he continued his sensational form in this tournament. One of the worst goal celebrations we've seen, Christian, but definitely one of the most <laughs> lethal attackers in world football right now. Yes, and 
you know, you have to say this is incredible, especially because this man has already played 60 or so matches, you know, throughout for his club for uh, for Atletico Madrid in 2015-16. So the engine and, and the consistency from this man, especially when there's so much pressure on him, because he, he was always going to be the focal point of the attack well, as soon as the Karim Benzema nonsense occurred. Uh, you know, he's been able to take all that pressure on his shoulders, still a very, very young man, uh, and he's showing that actually... In a formation that suits him, thank God Didier Deschamps has ditched that 4-3-3, uh, which really wasn't, uh, in the last six months, which really hasn't yield, yielded that much in terms of uh, good, solid performances. Yes, France are unbeaten in 2016 in all competitions, um, but, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, there, were, there was never a perfect performance in the last six months with the 4-3-3. Um, so obviously with this 4-2-3-1, Antoine Griezmann can play between the lines, he can float. Uh, from left to right, uh, but really what's great, and I think what we saw maybe more against Ireland when he did change the formation at half-time, he did his shies, Griezmann is now happy to play right up alongside Giroud. Uh, and this causes nightmares for defences because Giroud pretty much takes the two tallish centre-backs from any side out of the game uh, in an aerial battle. He's able to hold that ball up, uh, bring it down, and then put Griezmann into space. And, and Germany were playing a sort of interesting formation, almost a 3-4-3 in the first half. Uh, but it was very difficult for them to pick up Griezmann because there was no obvious defensive midfielder. And Antoine Griezmann is showing why he is one of the best players in the world right now, without a doubt. Uh, you know, there's all this crazy Ballon d'Or talk at the moment. I think it's all a bit premature. I think, you know, this is a young man who's had a great season, full stop. You know, let's see what happens next. I do know that he's going to have a fantastic uh, holiday, you know, sort of two weeks after Sunday, whatever happens, and hopefully he can think and come up with a slightly better celebration during that time. <laughs> yeah, I think he needs to invest in a full-size mirror there, Christian, but on the field, he's certainly <laughs> certainly got all the skills. Now, uh, what, are, what have your spies been seeing in the, in the French training sessions, and any reason for Deschamps to... Uh, to make any changes to this side or formation against Portugal? Based on uh, training yesterday, I think the formation is going to be exactly the same. There was a slight question mark whether Musa Sissoko would play or whether he'd bring in Kingsley Coman. I think he's slightly less worried about you know the Portugal attack than he was Germany, but I think he will stick with exactly the same team, uh, barring any last-minute injuries. So uh, that's sort of the team news. You know, I mean, I think it's probably safer to start Musa Sissoko. Rafael Guerrero, I think, has had one of the most underrated tournaments of, of any player at Euro 2016. Is a player we know well in Ligue 1. Obviously, he's just left Lorient for Borussia Dortmund. So, um, certainly a, a threat going forward. Played left wing for most of last season for uh, Lorient in Ligue 1. Anyway, so I think it's a safe bet. I think it's a good team now. Uh, and I think, you know, all of them are, are pumped and ready to... Uh, make history. What worries you most about Portugal? I think the fact that Portugal are unbeaten is still sort of perplexing for me. I think uh, Fernando Santos's insistence on a sort of weird 4-4-2 when you're playing, you know, two individuals who are initially conventional wingers. Uh, Juan Mario is not necessarily a winger either, but he seems to play out on the left-hand side. Uh, I mean, Renato Sanchez looks like he's going to be playing on the other side and he's also not really, he's known maybe more centrally especially for Benfica. So it's it's a bit weird, Matt, really, what Portugal have been able to do uh, this tournament. And, you know, many people are moaning that because of the new format, without the new format, Portugal would have never got this far. Having said that, they've got some great young players. Uh, I don't think that Santos 
has been able to get the best out of them this tournament, which certainly worries me uh, because maybe they're going to turn up at the final. Uh, I do think that Giroud, uh, a Giroud-Pepe battle is going to be very interesting if Pepe can start um, because I, I think if Giroud can get the best of Pepe defensively, all of a sudden Portugal have, have real issues. Um, but, you know, Ronaldo is obviously an individual you can't really look past. Uh, seems to only be able to score in Lyon so far this tournament. <laughs> but... Um, you never know. Uh, you know he's, he's a world-class player, and as as with the Champions League final, this is a Griezmann versus Ronaldo shootout. You know, hopefully Griezmann, with the uh, French public behind him, will not pass up on an opportunity like he did in the Champions League final. If if a penalty comes his way, his penalty obviously against uh, Germany was brilliantly taken. But I think just the fact that no one really understands the this sort of key to Portugal's success, apart from. Uh, great nerves under pressure in the final moments. Portugal are very much an enigma this tournament, and I think that that in itself is dangerous for Didier Deschamps in France. Non, rien de rien.